Welcome to the Home and Family Culture Podcast, discussing how families can uncover their collective vision, values, and traditions for greater unity, love, and success. I'm Michael Chafee. I know you are expecting the sweet, dulcet tones of my wife, but I've hijacked a podcast this week to interview her. Our hope is that you will get to know her better and learn more about the purpose behind this podcast. Let's start by finding out more about Jody and her family growing up. So, Jody, thank you for being on this podcast this oh, week. No, thank you. I'm I'm so excited about this. <laughs> what what was your family culture like growing up? Growing up in a big family, I remember playing a lot by myself and with my brothers and um uh, but I think my parents tried really hard to make sure that I I got the resources and tools I needed to be successful. Um, at one point, my parents um, enrolled me into a modeling school that was like a 12-week course or something. And I did that with my sister, who is about eight years older than I am. And that was, that, I think I learned more about resilience and um, hard work taking that class. At first, I, I thought it was kind of silly, but then going forward throughout the class, it was I took it a lot more serious, and uh, to the point where I came for like a runway practice, and I wore jeans, and that was like a big no-no. Like you had to wear feminine clothes, and it was really interesting. And my sister got really worked up about the way they tried to do my makeup and stuff like that, and. Anyways, it was it was really interesting, and then my parents um, enrolled me in uh, a program called the Landmark Forum, something that they'd done. Um, so my parents were really big into like self help stuff and um, reading self help books and taking these courses and things like that. But I appreciated that course a lot because it really transformed our family from a perspective of having more hope and more uh, desire to develop into something and be more patient with each other. And so that was pretty awesome. So did they do that for all seven kids or, or just you? Uh, they offered it. I think um, me and my little brother did it. And I can't remember. I don't. I don't know that anybody else did it. I think that we were still... Uh, young enough, but old enough to understand, but young enough to be moldable by our parents still. And um, I think that by the time I was I was old enough and my older siblings had moved on, moved on, moved out, that they my parents had learned a few things. Like they were super strict with my older siblings, and I remember listening to them fighting or or just struggling with, with them. And I remember thinking early on, like, I don't ever want to do this. Like, I never want to fight with my parents. And I just, I think I learned early on how to learn from my siblings and their mistakes and, or their good choices too, you know? And um, <laughs> so so by the time, you know, I was old enough to do a course like that, I was I was very receptive to my parents and but I was also, they could trust me that I would do the right things. And I made choices early on as a kid that I wanted to um, protect myself from doing harmful things. 
and and made the decision beforehand what I would do or what would I, I would avoid. And so, um, yeah, so, so I was able to do the course just because I was willing and I was receptive to taking the course. Okay. So how, how did that culture growing up, how has that shaped who you've become now and how has that helped to uh, shape the vision that you see for our family? Well, it definitely shaped me to be more of like to ask questions and not just settle for the way things are. Um, my parents just, they kept trying to improve themselves. And that's something that I think that I, I work on now is I always want to try to improve myself. And um, sometimes it gets overwhelming because I'm, I, can give into my perfectionist tendencies that you know, and <laughs> but um, I, but I think that because of the way my parents, um, by the time you know I was old enough, they they loosened up quite a bit, and I I saw that they were learning and that they were becoming more patient and and tolerant and kind and and loving and and my parents became really powerful examples to me of of even Christ-like love and sacrifice. And, um, and so that is definitely translated into who I've become because they, they resemble to me what, um, Christ-like love and grace would look like. And, and so they're very patient, very just good, good to me. And they've always been able to be there for me to, to comfort me and struggle with me and and I remember endless nights of just being able to openly talk to them about anything. And and I hope to be able to have that kind of a relationship with our kids, to be able to be available to them and, and to be able to just talk to them and discuss anything that they're going through. So before we, we started recording uh, and, and and doing this tonight, uh, this interview, uh, you, we were talking a little bit about the discussions that we had while we were dating and the discussion that we had about our family culture once we got engaged and, and what we wanted for our family. Can you talk a little bit about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that we sat down and we talked about it. And, and I just remember that when we were talking about it, we had very similar ideas and very similar um, perspective about what we wanted and, and we just had very similar goals. And, and I think that that was something that made it so much easier to love you and want to (laughs) have a family with you. And, um, and so, and that was always like, for me, it kind of became a foundation of knowing that because we had similar views about things that it was easy to talk to you and be able to work out the things that we, the dreams that we have had. Okay. So that being said, what type of culture uh, do you try, are you trying to establish for our family? Are we trying to establish for our family? Honestly, I think that it grows and changes all the time. <laughs> I, I wish that we could be the type of family that um, has a, like a solid mission statement. <laughs> But for me, it's always just come down to establishing traditions. And so that's why we have 
trying to have family meetings every week and going on dates, mommy dates and daddy dates with the kids each week and and just trying to establish a culture of tradition and good memories that, you know, each week or every other week we try to go on field trips or, you know, have a plan for doing trips or doing fun things together so that we're creating those memories and cultivating the traditions that will help to glue us together and and also just having a culture of love and patience for one another. <laughs> um, that's, you know, that's part of the reasons, one of the reason, one of the many reasons why I homeschool is that I want our kids to have a good relationship with each other. And um, so far, I think it's working. Okay, that was my next question. How how are we doing? <laughs> I, I, obviously, There's some definitely days are, are better room than others. for growth. Um, but that's, I think, why I established I wanted to do this podcast is because I have questions. I... I, now you're getting ahead. Well, don't, don't jump so far ahead yet. <laughs> okay, go ahead and ask the next question. <laughs> so how how do you learn about these topics and these uh, the things that you're you're wanting to to discuss and and approach not just for our family and and not just for this podcast but just in in life in general. Where, where are you learning? these things? Where, where are you getting the material? Uh, I, I study a lot. I read a lot of parenting books. I read a lot of um, self-improvement books, and I I listen to a lot of homeschool conference talks and things like that, and, and just learning about what people all do and the principles that we can use to shape the way that we communicate with each other, the way that we see each other, um, the way that we can respond to the thoughts and feelings that we have. Um, I just, I just read a lot. And so that's, I guess what inspired me, you know, I want to, I want to interview a lot of these authors that I keep reading about, you know, I would love to just get even more insight into what these people wrote about and get their message out to more people. Because when I read them, I feel so inspired and I feel like, I wish I wish more people knew about this and that more people, um, including myself, I need to learn how to pre- apply more of it in our family, but that whenever I read about something, I just want to be like, oh, I want more people to learn about this because it's inspiring. And whenever I see people posting questions about parenting on Facebook or, or whatever, I just want to be like, read this book or whatever. You know, there's, there's some... Um, there's some really good information about out out there. And I mean, it's like one of those cliche things that there's no handbook for parenting. Like your kid doesn't come with a handbook. But um, I don't believe that. Like if you want to know how to raise your kids, just pick up a few books and start applying the things that work for you. And and then if, if they bring up more questions, then do some more research and... <clears throat> Just find find what else can work for you. Like it doesn't have to be so hard to to raise these little kids and to raise them into adults and to spend time with them. So what are some of the books, talks, um, things like that that you found most helpful as you've approached family culture and and 
uh, studying that out in, in your own life? Uh, there's too many to list, I think. <laughs> yeah, just give us a few. <laughs> well, definitely Hold On to Your Kids by Gordon Neufeld. Um, just talking about um, how parents need to be the orientation and attachment for their kids because once kids become peer-oriented, then um, parents lose that connection with, with their kids. So that one is really good. Um, how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk is a really good one for, for getting the, the right language, right or wrong. You know, it's, there's, it's just getting, trying to find the best communication for you to help your kids. Um, I also really liked books like um, Grit and Mindset and The Opposite of Worry, things to address how to help kids to be more resilient and to deal with struggles. Also, The Simplicity Parented was another really good one about just just how to reestablish a solid connection with your kids so that they, you know, break it down to the simplest level so that there's fewer distractions, fewer overstimulating experiences and and uh, less pressure. I mean, I just think that there's so much pressure on kids these days. But when we can whittle away the fluff and just come back to our connections and our relationships with each other, then then families can be so much happier and successful. Uh, you also like and have read a lot of Brene Brown books Yeah, too. I definitely really like Brene Brown. That's true. That is true. There's several I'm sure I'm not thinking of. You know, I'm, I'm trying to read through more homeschool books and things like that. And um, the TJ Ed books are for sure on that list and just to give an outline. And um, also, you know, I interviewed Nicolene Peck and she has a couple of good books about family structure and family government and things like that that I like because, you know, I think that people forget that having a family is is really like, uh, it's like having a business or, you know, being a, a, having a corporate culture. There's no difference except that it's more intimate and more um, lasting. And so it's ultimately more important. And so you need, you know, I think it's important to be able to establish what your family government looks like. And so that's why we try to have our executive councils and we have family councils and and um, establish standards and boundaries and you know rules and things like that so that kids don't have to question what what's going on in the family it could be something that's just hey this is an expectation and and that gives comfort and peace for everybody to know what is expected there's no ambiguity no I'll add two notes to to that and that's if the first one is that if Jody could have a dream guest on the podcast Brene Brown would probably be <laughs> at the top of that list yeah uh, the <laughs> the second is that you know we, we try to do all these things but it's it's some weeks are better than others and and sometimes we 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 do it and sometimes we we fall off well I mean just thinking about our kids are only two four almost seven and eight I mean, they, we try to sit down and have family meeting, and they are, like, bouncing off the walls. I mean, it's just like, 
man, are they ever going to pay attention to us? But, I mean, there was this time, you remember this, out at BYU, Elder Bednar, David A. Bednar, he came and he spoke. And he talked about the importance of the now moments, that um, they all add up. He talked about how, you know, he's he's an apostle now, a, a very prominent leader in the LDS church. and But when he was raising his kids... I think he had four boys, three boys, three boys, three boys, and they would trying to be trying to have family scripture every morning, and they would be whining and bickering and poking and and slunking their heads over the side of the couch and putting their feet up over the top and 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 those mo like all of those moments individually were like this is so pointless almost you know but. All of his kids grew up remembering that they always read their scriptures as a family and that all of those now moments added up to a lifetime of of a tradition, of a culture, and an identity that they had as a family. And so it wasn't so much the content of what happened. It was the tradition. It was yeah. the... The, the the fact that they did it, yeah, even, that it even though I didn't, and I remember, I remember that because I remember he, he said that not one of their, their boys remember anything that was taught or read during those times. But what they do remember is that they did it and that they did it together. Yeah. Yeah. So now we can go back to, to what you started talking about earlier. And, and that's, you know, why did you start this podcast? Why? What do you hope for it? Well, I just, I felt inspired to do this. I, um, I mean, like I've, I've said before that I had that experience on my mission in Hawaii that this, um, there was an interracial couple that was having really severe conflict. And I mean, they were newlyweds, but it was like, they, um, somebody had actually reprimanded them for, for having an intercultural marriage. And so they were really upset about it. And so I went and I talked to this senior elder who was in an interracial marriage and he was happy and successful in their marriage. And, and I said, what, what do you do? What can you do? Because I recognize that just coming from two separate families, you're going to have different culture. And he just said that you give up your culture and you adopt the church culture as your family culture. And, and so I felt inspired by that, this idea of culture. And, and they are like the traditions, the habits, the stories, the, the family history, all of those things contribute to your family culture. And then I started thinking about how, you know, I see these kids who are super successful, like in the Olympics or things like that, or, or even like families who you know, reverently file into church and seem to have it all together. And it's just like, what, what is going on? And how, how are they pulling it all together in their home? And because, because something that I think I've learned is that it does take a lot of back work of, of training and communication and um, just trying to figure out what works for your family and, and teaching your kids how to be successful. And so just what I hope to um, accomplish with this podcast is just to ask these people these questions. How are they doing it? And how is it working? How, why did it work? You know, if you go back and you listen to my episode where I, I interviewed Paul Schulte, and he's been in the Olympics, and 
and it was part of his culture growing up that his his dad fostered his vision for his life. And so it's like those little tidbits of wisdom are like what I really want to get from these interviews is what can we do to ingrain in our children their purpose and what our family can do to guide them to towards their purpose. So would you say that it's been a good experience so far? Absolutely. I mean, it's been hard to find the work-life balance, work, quote-unquote work-life balance, because we are homeschooling our kids and, and we have, you know, a home to manage and things like that. Um, but I am really enjoying making connections and being able to talk to people about this topic that I think most people don't sit down and go, oh, hey, I want to talk about family and parenting and how do you do this? Because like I said on my episode with Ashley Lugson, it's like most of the resources out there are just consolation for being a parent. And they are very entertaining and they're fun and they are funny and it's fun to to watch their videos of the moms escaping from their kids after, during school and going shopping or something. But, um, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like those are giving really really solid insight into how to be a family and and how to not just cope with being a family but to actually embrace it and and enjoy it and and have fun because because it's like because there's one book that I read it's called all joy and no fun and it was just like these studies about how um families aren't having fun (laughs) because there's so much pressure to raise perfect kids and and I just think I want to I want to figure out how to have joy in the journey, not just um, not just be able to look forward to a time when you can enjoy life, but to start enjoying life now and making raising your children a part of your life purpose and mission, and to to figure out how to do it without going crazy. So what what have you liked about it so far? What what are some things that you've enjoyed? Uh, just meeting new people. I mean, it's been cool to, you know, after watching these homeschool videos and listening to these people or reading their books and reaching out to them, and they go, yeah, I'll be on your podcast. It's like, what? You crazy? Like, that's so cool. And and it's a little bit intimidating sometimes because I'm just like, no way this person would ever want to talk to me. Because I'm just an ordinary person, but uh, at the same time, like I really want to use this platform to get their message out, and and hopefully, you know, find a way that my message from what's inside of my heart to get that out as well. And and I'm really learning about the process of creation, that to be able to create something that's mine, and to visualize it and see it through to creation is very fulfilling. And um, even if that's, that's all that comes out of this, I mean, maybe that's good enough that I'm at least able to create something that's, that's mine and to be able to see it through. And, and, uh, and hopefully, you know, along the way, inspire somebody to, to learn about what it takes to to shape their family culture and to be conscientious about what they want to see in their homes and uh, 
you know, because it's hard. Being a family is hard work. And, I mean, thankfully, I'm really grateful that at least we have, you know, our marriage that's, we don't really <laughs> struggle. But at the same time, it, even that doesn't make raising of children perfect. It's still hard. And, and so that's what four, I... Four kids with four very unique personalities. Very unique personalities and wild and crazy. And they're delightful, but it's hard too. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything that you've disliked so far? About doing a podcast? About, about this podcast. About doing the podcast. Uh, well, it's, it's a, it's a stretch on my time and my energy and, and it's, it's totally outside of my comfort zone to like talk to people that I don't know and, and, um, and try to come up with a cohesive interview that's not weird or, <laughs> or incoherent, you know, it's, um, cause I'm not a professional interviewer. I'm not, I'm not even, um, I'm not even super outgoing anymore. <laughs> um, so that's been, I think the biggest trial is that it's like, I've got to put myself out there and, uh, be vulnerable to people that I revere and respect. So kind of to, to wrap things up, what, what goals do you have for your podcast? What, where, where do you see it going? Like the big vision, like the big vision. <laughs> well, ultimately, um, well, just keep this going and, um, I would love to be able to, like you said, try and get more uh, big authors to talk to and to discuss um, important topics in the context of family culture and how we as parents can uh, shape our family culture around those principles. I mean, like, for instance, Brene Brown talking about shame versus empathy and how how can we incorporate that principle into our family culture, you know, by the things we say to our kids or the traditions that we adopt in our, in our family and the attitudes or the language, you know, to, um, be able to, as, as parents to draw that out in, into our, in our culture. So I definitely want to be able to get more authors that have written these books, more people who are successful in what they do and to discuss, you know, what it was about their upbringing that was, that shaped their success and um, I want to be able to eventually write a book about family culture, what it means to me, and how to how to shape it, and um, eventually host a virtual summit where I can get some of these people who are kind of experts in their fields to talk about their their topics in the context of family culture, so that more people can really take a a make a, a concentrated effort to learn about this stuff and to really get the tools that they can use to shape their family culture. Awesome. Well, <laughs> thank you for your time. Thank you for letting me be oh, thank you. Uh, Matt Damon to your Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> <laughs> and, and hijack your, your podcast tonight and, and uh, to interview you and kind of let your audience uh, get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. On, on a more personal level uh, and why this is important to you and, and why you are looking to, to build this podcast and continue moving it forward and, 
And I know that it's something that you enjoy and that you are learning a lot uh, doing and that it's been beneficial for for you, for me, and for for our family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for your time, Jody. And please uh, remember to to share the podcast, share the website, uh, and and to uh, you know share it with your friends, talk to them, and and you know the more people who we who Jody can get sharing and talking about uh, each episode and, and the podcast and this topic, uh, the more uh, opportunities she'll have to interview some of these bigger names and. Yeah. Um, get on, on their radar so that, that that's something that she can do and, and for your audience that they can have the opportunity to hear from some of these these bigger names that, that you're hoping to get. So remember to, to share, uh, go to the uh, home and family culture podcast.com. No. No. www.homeandfamilyculture.com. That was close. <laughs> Uh, but she'll have show notes there and, and you know, you'll be able to, to share the episodes and follow her on social media. Uh, she's on Pinterest and Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all, all of the, the social media sites. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> but thanks again and, and have a good night. Or a good day. Or a good day. Depending where, you know, on when you're listening. Wherever you're listening. Whenever you're listening. <laughs> it be during the day. It'll come out in the morning, so in the morning time. Well, it's, it's night here. I was talking to you, so... <laughs> <laughs>